looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Pass the Post. Yes, brought to you by Archer Park Racing. It's Sunday, August the 7th, and we had good racing at Dooman yesterday and, of course, the Group 2 Missile at Royal Randwick, the Group 3 Ori Star at Flemington, and it was a big day in the north as the Northern Carnival continues. We had the Townsville Cup and the Cleveland Bay. We're covering off on all of those meetings this morning here on Pass the Post. Ben Dorries, good morning. Good morning, David. Wow, we, what a lot of roughies got up yesterday. Ooh. There were a few favourites. Uh, but I'm tipping the bookies just about got the lot yesterday, especially down south. You know, I'm always trying to sell you things, yeah. particularly <laughs> shares in Archer Park horses. I can't sell you this one because you're not a woman. Uh, no. Well, I'm at not. this day and age, you might be a woman. I don't know what, <laughs> what you are. But anyway, I know you as Ben. But you could sell it to your charming wife. You know that um, Archer Park and uh, Jane Gollan, Tony Gollan's gorgeous and glamorous wife have uh, purchased a filly by Sidestep who of course signed a golden slipper winner out of a mere Magic Ivy. They bought her at the March sale and of course she's eligible for the Magic Millions and the ladies bonus. Yeah, wow, we Put Miss, Mrs. Dorries in there and you're up, possibly up for grabs for $500,000. Well, he has won nine training premierships mm. in a row, big tone, so, uh, and he's uh, trying to treble yesterday. Uh, he'd be a dollar I wonder in the 10th, so probably wouldn't be a bad investment. There's only one problem for you and anyone out there. There's only 15% left. So that's three 5% shares or whatever you want to do. Go to the Archer Park Racing website and have a look. So that's the, the fillies that can race for the ladies' bonus by sidestep out of Magic Eye, which is a good-looking type as well. And, of course, they won the first race with Spiritualized yesterday. We'll talk about that a little later in the program. But first up, let's go to let's go to Royal Ramwick, and we had a, a 10 event card. As we mentioned, the, the feature was the Group 2 Missile. We go to the replay. It was, by price-wise, an upset result. The favourite in the race was Forbidden Love at $3.20. Prime Candidate straightens in front by two on Embracer, then Forbidden Love, Bellucci Babe going back to the inside, working into the clear as Wonderbar and Gemsong on the outside. It's Prime Candidate just the leader from Gemsong and going through is Wonderbar, Hard Empire down the outside with a big run. Hard Empire moved up to Gemsong. Hard Empire, the Queenslander went on by and won the missile stakes. Wonderbar second and nose in front of Jem Song. Enchanted Heart fourth. Then Count the Rupee, followed by Special Reward. Halal, Forbidden Love, Prime Candidate, Nimalee, Bellucci, Babe Embracer. Some reputations have been dented there. Hard Empire, Rachel King winning the missile at any price. Any price, all right. $71 to be precise, and they bet $101. But the most important part, it was a Queensland victory. Toby and Trent Edmonds preparing Hard Empire. And great to have Toby as our first guest this morning on Past the Post. Toby, good morning. Morning, Dave. How are you? I'm well. Congratulations. Now, I, I watch you a lot of the races. You normally find the right spot or your spot to watch races. So you get a bit edgy sometimes. What about yesterday? When did you start to think, hello, we might win this? Um, probably probably when she just uh, eased him out, out to the outside of the the horse just to the inside of him and, and he just started to make ground um, and probably about 100 out. I thought he was, I was pretty confident he was going to win then it was, uh, because he's pretty strong when he's, when he's um, pretty strong late when he's in form and he, he looked like he was going pretty good so we were, we were quite quietly confident that he could run well. 
Toby, not too many nine-year-olds win Group 2 races. Obviously, it was a total forget-run, I guess, in the Ramoni didn't uh, get any luck. But uh, how did you sort of pull this off? Like, I mean, it's, it came out of the blue to, to most people. Well, it didn't come out of the blue to us. We knew it was going well. Um, horse horse uh, had uh, performed at at a pretty good level, um, Probably not last prep, but the prep before, like he'd beaten Jonker and he'd beaten one of George Moore and the like. So, look, the horse, the horse had performed pretty good. Jonker was an eventual Group One winner, so um, that wasn't a shock to us. The horse's horse was going very, very well, and um, we sort of targeted that race after the Ramoni, knowing the Ramoni form from last year stood up in this particular race. So Fabator, I think, ran well or one, in the Ramoni the year before, year before, and he went down and he won the missile. So. Um, you know, a lot of those horses, to be to be fair to them, wouldn't be 100% wound up for the spring. They'd have a fairly fairly deep deep prep in front of them. So, um, you know, uh, a horse like this, who's an old gelding, tough tough old gelding, racing against some of those some of those horses aren't quite wound up. Was always going to be um, a chance if he was fit and sound and well. Ben mentioned he's a nine-year-old. He's had uh, a few trainers. He actually started in Tassie with Adam Trinder, Darren Weir, yeah. Adam, of course. Richardson Chantel Jolly before he came into your care. Just take us back in time a bit. I want to expand on this story this morning. We've got a bit of time. How did you come to get him? Oh, so he's managing owner, a guy called Charles White, phoned us up and and uh, wanted to have a have a crack at the um, Magic Million Carnival. And it was sort of COVID was was around, so um, Richard Chantel couldn't travel. I don't think, and uh, that's how he ended up with us. And um, yeah, luckily we were able to uh, able to uh, get a couple of results out of him, which was good, and thank, thank them for sending him to us. Uh, Toby, I'll read you a tweet. I'll take the swear word out of it, but I'll read you a tweet from your son after the win. We haven't forgotten how to train, just had a rough trot. That felt good, with exclamation marks. What's you, the word taken out? Uh, well, I can't say it on air, David. Well, what's it, what part, read the sentence where the word's taken out. No, well, there's a there's, there's a word that starts with F in there. Oh, well, so I don't think I, I presume that's that what it was. I just wanted to know in what context. It uh, was. Immediately before that, that felt good. But anyway, <laughs> you, you sort of would probably echo those sentiments, Toby. Oh, look, I'd suggest he's <laughs> look. It's been a frustrating time for everyone. Um, you know, stable was we'd, we'd run second in the premiership five years in a row to Tony Golan up there. Uh, you know, I'm I'm carting horses to Rockhampton at the moment, trying to win. So I think uh, frustration for everyone there that our our horse level level. Um, isn't where it was um, for one or, you know, maybe for a number of reasons, I'm not sure. Uh, but, um, yeah, so it was good to be able to go go into the, under the big stage um, at Ramwick, go back to Ramwick and be able to compete at that level and, and win. So, you know, Trent's, I think, his frustrations in and around that type of, um, that type of scenario. Toby, I think I'm right in saying this horse, you, you unveiled this horse under your care. I reckon it was Melbourne Cup Day at Doombin, and he, he won a sprint race there, and he won impressively. And as you said, of course, he beat Jonker in the George Moore. He was largely missing for 2021. What was the background of that? Uh, he had, he had um, a, a chip and a fetlock joint, mm. and um, that was removed um, through our... our Arthroscopic surgery, if I've got that right, yeah, and um, yeah, and it just probably took him a prep to get over it. Actually, you know, he came back and and wasn't as good and sharp as he was, and was struggling a bit. And um, in this year, he's been very, very. This season, he's been very, very sound. So, um, hopefully, 
everything's um, back on track now. You see, uh, we see a lot of horses obviously uh, improving lengths when blinkers are put on. This was the reverse with this guy. You took blinkers off. Um, going yeah, well, that's another thing we, we talked about. I talked to Trent about it on t- on um, Saturday morning, last Saturday morning. I said, let's take the blinkers off him um, just to give him a uh, you know another a bit of a fresh look. Um, so we decided to do that, and it worked. The obvious question is is sitting here staring at me and I've, I've got to ask you now surely surely you had something on this or was it a hundred to one <laughs> yeah. Come on. yeah just on the tote something small well, that's good. all you need <laughs> yeah well i'm not a big gambler so you know no, good, good congratulations because look i i think it, it's fair to say this horse has been somewhat forgotten and you you made the point on more than one occasion there that he had a uh, a pretty average uh, summer campaign. So we, we forget what happened, you know, a couple of seasons ago. I suppose mm. the next question is, um, you've struck well, you, you've found the right race at the right time. Where do we go to next with him? Yeah, well, that's a question. Like, he probably, he, you know, he's achieved, he's achieved most of, most of what he needs to anyway. So whatever, mm. whatever uh, from here on is a bonus. But look, um, we'll get him home and have a look at him and talk to the owners. Um, there's lots of options. So uh, it's a good problem to have. Um, but either either Sydney or Melbourne, uh, back, back back to Sydney, there's races there. Melbourne, there's there's races there. So we can go either either way. Um, as long as the horses uh, comes home and the sound is in good health, we'll we'll you know we'll manage him the best way we can and and hopefully find the right race for him. Now he's back in form. Is there any other horses that you might have a presence with in the spring taking south? And, and also, second bit of that question, can you just update the listeners on Mimi the guard, where, where she's up to, because she's a bit of a bit of a headline horse, or certainly a yeah, solid so, horse. Yeah, she's probably probably our only only horse at the moment that, that would travel down there. So yeah, she's back in work. She's going well. She looks fantastic, and uh, just ticking over, getting ready to trial, uh, probably in two or three or four weeks uh, before she heads back to the races somewhere and then we'll be able to gauge which way we go with her. But, you know, I feel like her, if she came back and um, got into got into a bit of form, a race like the old, I think it's the Maya or something, um, on Derby Day at Flemington looks a nice race for her if she could get a mile. So um, we would target her at something like that. So, um, uh, but, you know, there's a lot of... There's a, a lot of water under the bridge before we get there, obviously, so uh, she'll have to be going pretty good and, and um, you know, build that profile to get there. Alpine Edge is a horse that, that creates a lot of conversation in your stable. Look, he competed at the top level during our carnival and he wasn't disgraced, yet he probably left a sour taste in a lot of punters' mouths. His last run, which was in the easiest race, it looked plain on paper and obviously you've, you've tipped him out after that. Uh, how did you assess him during the winter? Um, he was good without winning. Uh, Doom and 10,000 run was good. Um, we, we paid a late entry fee for that one to, you know, I suppose, you know, you've got a colt that's a better than ready colt that's, that um, is three-year-old. You're still trying to build a profile uh, for a stud future. Uh, so we, we did that, and and without winning, he ran he ran great. I was really happy with his run there. He ran well in the Fred Best without winning. Um, and then obviously disappointed um, at his next couple, um, but look, he was in and around. I think, I think the future of him is trying to, you know, get him, get him back winning, I suppose, and get him a bit of confidence. His last run was was okay, but you know, there was no speed in that race. The walk went out, went out a very, very, very soft time in front. I think we got the speed, didn't get quite get the speed right in that race. You know, if we were had a time again, we would have set up 
set up up behind them, and I'm quite confident he would have run a bit better. But anyway, uh, he's gone for a break now, and we'll see how he goes and head in towards maybe the cutest race on Magic Man Day. Good as gold. As I said at the start, that's it's a great result. I think I think Trent's tweet summed it up well. Appreciate your time this morning, mate. Thanks, David. Bye, guys. Toby Edmonds joining us this morning, and I remember the last time we interviewed Toby. I think whether you and Nathan we I can't remember. They were going through a rough trot then, so, so the bottom line is it's been pretty ordinary for this stable over several months. What I like is that day, that interview, and this morning, he doesn't sugarcoat anything. He puts his hand up and says, things are going ordinary. I no, like that. Uh, and credit to Toby too. But he won't. Uh, you'll like this story, David. Cre- credit to Toby too. He didn't take the, the, the piss out of me in that interview because at, uh, where were we on Wednesday? Eagle Farm. Uh, he was there with a, a runner, I think, in the last, and I sort of sidled over to him and... Sort of half took the mickey out of him. He said, "What are you doing running this hard empire in this race in Sydney at 100 to oh. one?" Yeah, and I didn't. I didn't quite put it in those terms. I said, "Oh, it's a, yeah, interesting decision you're running." And he sort of raised his elbow. Said, "Yeah, we'll see how we go." So anyway, it's good he didn't bring that up, but I've added myself. Yeah, you certainly have, and you do sidle up to people. I've noticed that. I'm a sidler. Oh, yeah. uh, you, and, and, and you know what else? You're I'm an impressive sidler. You don't. You don't. You don't just. You know. You're not an amateur sidler. You just move in. Maybe lurker. Am I yeah. lurker? Possibly stalker on occasion, <laughs> but um, <laughs> stop it. But with Hard Empire, and it, it, you know, and I do hate wise after the event people because often I'm that myself. But I can understand this horse was 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 plain during the the, the, the summer, but go back before that, you know, he was a, a good competitor and he showed his best yesterday. So it's great that they've they've, they've got him back in form. Yeah, absolutely. What did we make of Forbidden Love? Oh, it's very plain. Not a lot. Very plain, I thought. And probably didn't get maybe, you know, track conditions to, you know, in, in the optimum. She loves it really wet. But um, class, class girl. I thought she uh, would have figured a lot more prominently than she did. The track was drying out too. We went from a soft six to a soft five. And I think you get talking about not sugarcoating, even the stable uh, couldn't offer, a, you know, a, a legitimate excuse. They were at a bit of a loss to understand her midfield performance. Wanda Bar, we saw... Wonderbar during our carnival. She keeps running good races, finds the line well. Gem Song, the stable mate, ran well in third. Count the rupee, yeah, a fair performance in fifth. But on the day, it was a Queensland victory. And uh, at big odds too, Rachel King riding Hard Empire for Toby and Trent Edmonds. Let's go to a couple of the other main races at Royal Rambic yesterday. I mentioned on Select Racing yesterday morning, they were all tipping this Lord Armore. They were right. Ray Ferry giving a sight, turning for home. Arapahoe being sealed up in second. But Lord Ardmore cruises up on the outside now. It's Grove Ferry in front from Lord Ardmore, a half length away. Francesco Guardi closing off. And then came Le Chevalier. Grove Ferry still the leader from Lord Ardmore, who's just about on terms now. The favourite Lord Ardmore lifting, moved up, put the head in front from Grove Ferry, then Francesco Guardi. And Lord Ardmore scores a hard fought victory. Lord Ardmore, a half length to Grove Ferry. Francesco Guardi in third, followed by Yi Yi, then Le Chevalier. Further back to Alcione, who was one pace a long way out from Arapaho. She's a man eater closing off at the end from Bartholomew Diaz, then Cariff, Realm of Flowers, a gap to attorney Sky Max, and Mabaras was last to clock in. Yes, he's an ex Kiwi and then taken over by Chris Waller, and he's working through his classes. Pretty impressively, uh, he's he's going up the ladder. We saw him at the Gold Coast Carnival. He ran, I think, third in the wave behind Wheelhouse earlier in the year. But he's going through the class as well, and there seems to be a, a, a good opinion about him that he can go to newer levels. And 
he makes his own lucky races on speed, which he did yesterday. And he was heavily backed too because he started $2.30. And I'm pretty sure earlier in the week there was a three in front of his price. So they were all on him. And, and, and as I said, they got it right. But he looks as though he can make the grade. Yeah, absolutely. Higher grade. Absolutely. A rare win for punters yesterday. And we saw post race, Chris Waller was talking about, you know, Warren Cups, Newcastle Cups, maybe even a Metropolitan. So. Um, he's certainly progressive and, and on the way up and gave punters something to smile about, as did the horse we're just about to talk about. Did you win yesterday? Stop it. Okay. Let's go to the uh, race that Ben's referring to, Mautai. There were a host of gear changes here, but punters stuck firm. He was the $2.60 favourite. Rita May, the fence. Maltai's got the gap. Leo's still hanging tough. Then came Curtis Islander. Four of them across the track. Maltai moved up to Leo. Maltai, the insider, Leo. Maltai gets the head in front now from Leo. Maltai from Leo. He's a half in front now, Maltai. Off the pace today, and Maltai is a gilding. Too good first up. Beats Leo, and quick tempo rattled home into third. Followed by Curtis Islander. Then came Miss Dior from Super Van Giz. Rita May, and Stoical was last. He's always good fresh, Mautai. In fact, he's unbeaten three times first up for three wins. But a few, when I say subtle changes, well, I suppose being gelded's not a subtle change, but <laughs> a lot of gear changes as well. Uh, but with that gelding and with those gear changes, ridden more conservatively, which he was on the trial before he, he raced yesterday, uh, I think it's paid dividends. Yeah, firstly, I can tell you the gelding procedure isn't subtle. I've had it myself. Definitely oh. not subtle. Very, very Too poor use of words. But Mautai, look, is another one I got wrong. I love the horse. Absolutely love the horse. But just knowing pre-race yesterday, uh, look, obviously he'd been gelded. They were going to try something new with him, ride him off the pace. Uh, from barrier one, I just sort of thought, oh, gee, this could be sticky. I thought sometimes you just need to let a fast horse be a fast horse. And just at the price, I, I couldn't have him. I just sort of thought, gee whiz, there could be a lot go wrong here. Uh, and you know what? Sort of early on in the race, he, you know, he travelled beautifully, but you sort of thought, oh, wonder what's going to happen here. But look, he just uh, travelled beautifully, won so nicely. And Hugh Bowman, post-race, he was just so taken. He said, look, he was very quiet going to the gates. Um, you know, he was boxed in. So he said that was probably the best thing because Mautai wanted to get on with it, but he had no choice really but to wait. So I think they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Mautai's not old by any means, but he's certainly got new tricks now. Uh, could this horse just leap out of the ground and, and, you know, potentially even have some Group 1 targets? Who knows? He is impressive. This is the time of year where... They're just starting to... They're all starting to come back now. You look at the fields. When the, the fields come out on Wednesday, you see all these horses resuming or going to the trials. And he probably sits in the same category as Lord Arbor. One's a stayer, one's a sprinter. But it seems as though they can take the next level and they'll get the opportunity to do it. But certainly they've both kicked off in the, in the right fashion uh, yesterday, uh, Mountai being first up. But, of course, remember that... I think it was his second race start. He ran second to Uncommon James on Stradbroke Day last year after he bolted in in that major dip switch. Now, he's got a good future. I will say one thing. You're normally um, right, not wrong. You're right about the results at, even at Randwick yesterday. What about this? Sundeal, $26. Arnica, 13 although they bet 21 Yukon, 17 Hard Empire, 71 And just for good measure in the last, Meg at $41. Punting is just the toughest game. Did you so. win yesterday? Shut up. You know I didn't. Honestly, stop it, David. Stop <laughs> it. I don't think... Look, I reckon if you won on the punt yesterday... 
I did. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> How far are we into the show? 20 minutes. Well, I'm oh, not sure if I can put up with you for another 40 the, minutes. But the worst part is when we get to one race at Dooman yesterday, it'll be really <laughs> tough for you. But anyway, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> let's let's move on to Flemington and we'll go to their group feature. It was the Ori Star. Only a small field. And we had a Queensland rep here in shooting for gold. It was a, a little easier in the market. King of Sparta was the favourite, but I think it's fair to say serious suspect was the best back runner. They race onto the course proper now. They've got 5.50 to run. Serious Suspect and Kalani Royale together from Just Folk and shooting for goal. King of Sparta, the red jacket. Stage Man just curled up behind those. Romance are off the bit on the outside. Serious Suspect is the leader. Shooting for goal got up there early and now claims Serious Suspect. King of Sparta trying to come through. They're the big three at the moment. Serious Suspect still in front of shooting for goal and King of Sparta. Serious Suspect broke clear. He's in front. Stage Man's getting out and charging late. Serious Suspect in front. He's a little ripper. He goes home and wins again. Second stage man, third shooting for goal from King of Sparta, Romancer, Just Folk and Kalani Royale. Well, serious suspect. He's got a real love affair with the Flemington 1200. That was his fifth win there yesterday. And of course, he won the Standish. But yesterday, the Ori Star and uh, Ethan Brown riding for Saab Hassan, who joins us this morning. Saab, good morning. Good morning, guys, listeners, everyone. Thanks for joining us this morning. The first question I want to ask, we're, we're Queenslanders, although I was born in Victoria, but I don't know where Tabilk is. The reason I asked you was twofold. One, to find out where it is, but two, training there has, has to your way of thinking, been a very big help to Serious Suspect. Oh, absolutely. Um, first of all, uh, Tabilk is located between um, Avenal and Nagambi. It's, uh, it's famous for its winery, uh, Chateau Tabilk. Um, we're only 10 k's, or not even 10 k's from Chateau Tabilk, which is a big uh, winery uh, place. It's been uh, uh, well-renowned and, and, and famous for their wines. Fortunately, I don't drink. But um, <laughs> uh, where we're located, where our property's actually located, we're right in the middle uh, between Avenal and, and Nagambi. We're about 5 k's from Nagambi, and we're about... Five k's from Avenal. Saab, I, I saw a lot of you, you your quotes in the press uh, yesterday after after the terrific win. But one really took my fancy. You said we eat Chinese tonight. Did, did you eat Chinese? And what did you have? Oh yeah, we did. We ate Chinese, and it was bloody good. Um, <laughs> now look, it's it's just it, it's just good to uh, we, we, you know we we, we don't uh, live a massive lavish lifestyle. We don't um, go on big holidays because you can't when you're training horses. But um, I think I think it was just good to sort of celebrate with my family last night and just have a quiet bit of Chinese. And I think I fell asleep on the couch at nine o'clock, so we didn't have a big night at all. But uh, and my wife's um, due to give birth in about seven weeks, and um, she's up feeding the horses with me this morning. So it's a it's a it's a big family affair, and we try and give the staff Sundays off because uh, you know they're always going twenty four seven and. Going to day day meetings, night meetings, trying to run here and run there for us, and they've got to have some lifestyle as well. It's very demanding uh, uh, working working with horses. I mean, they they require twenty four seven care, and um, although you know we charge reasonable rates to cover our costs, we really barely cover costs until we have days like yesterday. This horse, you, you paid great compliment to him yesterday as well, and why wouldn't you? He's the he's the flag bearer for the stable. He's the the, the money earner for the stable, but one thing about this horse, well, two things. One, he never runs a bad race, but two, 
He makes his own luck, puts himself into the right position, takes any bad luck out of the equation. So is he is he a good horse to train? Is he a happy horse to train? Yeah, look, he's the, one of the most gentle horses. He's very affectionate. He he really is very intelligent. Um, uh, you know, if you if you do one thing wrong, he won't forget it. Um, he puts it in his memory bank. Uh, but if you give him love and affection, and, and we pick him grass every day, um, goes out for a pick and has his massages and so forth, gets spoiled. Um, he's very affectionate. But on the other hand, when I was trading him at Flemington, he absolutely cooked. He was hot. Um, he, he, he really responds to, to movement. He really responds to activity. He, he, he takes it in and, and, and he's, he's a horse that reacts. So uh, Flemington wasn't suiting him at all. Um, I was getting ready to tell Darren to give him to a different trainer because I, I felt I got the best out of him at Flemington. But it was very hot. Like he was going around the sand track nearly evens. You know, you can't do that um, when you're trying to train a sprinter just to conserve their energy and, and give, you, give you everything they've got race day. So then the opportunity came up to come up here and, um, you know, and his bloods were indicating to me that it was over the top and he wasn't even going up for a first up run. So uh, at this time last year, um, I made the call to bring him solely up here. I'd been up here for 12 months and Darren Dancy come up and visited our place from ATB. And he felt it was a great opportunity for me to try something different with him. And with his full backing and with the owner's full backing, we, we, we moved him up to the farm and he just hasn't looked back. He just loves it. He sits out um, in his natural environment. That's, that's what horses love best. And uh, plays in the mud, comes in at, 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 you know, during the day and uh, does his thing and go, goes out at night and just, just loves it. Just loves it and just loves this type of training. Saab, so, your, your background's probably well known in Victoria um, or by Victorian sort of racing people, but maybe less so outside of Victoria. Just give our listeners a bit of an insight into your background. You obviously grew up in Turkey and you, you came to Australia effectively, or your family came to Australia seeking a better life. Yeah, look, I actually was born in Cyprus. Um, I was born in Limassol. And when the war broke out, um, uh, we sort of got pushed north. Um, there was a war between... Uh, the Turks and the Greeks. Um, and then when that settled down, my granddad felt that the whole economy was going to collapse. And um, to give us the best opportunity, he sold a little bit of land and uh, put me on a plane, a kangaroo plane, which now we know to be Qantas, and come out here and landed at Flemington Flats. So it was a tough, tough lifestyle because we had uh, approximately um, 20, 30 acres of land back at home. Um, we raised sheep, we raised two cattle, grew oranges, had, had, our, had our little Noah's Ark going. We had all sorts of little animals there that we used to play around with. And now all of a sudden I'm in a concrete jungle and, uh, at Flemington um, uh, and hated it, you know, hated it. But uh, I had a passion for animals and passion for horses and I ventured down to Flemington and um, I always wanted to be a horse trainer. So having a Muslim background, that was very, very difficult. There was a lot of racism at the time and um, they, you never really got to go in the, in the, in the racing scene. And... And now, if you have a look, some of the biggest owners in the world, uh, you know, Muslim background like Godolphin and so forth. So um, it was, it's always been in my blood. And, and then Mick Cirque took me on. Uh, all the circus took me on and gave me a bit of an opportunity to um, uh, learn the art and craft of training. And I haven't looked back. It's a wonderful story. I've, I've never spoken to you before. And as, as Ben said, uh, probably people in Victoria would know more about your background. But that's a that's a wonderful story. Just back to the horse. Um, look, he, he's been up for some time. I remember watching him in a race at Sailor at Easter time, I reckon. What's the, what's the immediate future? Where do you go next with him? 
Well, we tried to give him a break, and he was bucking his brands off. And I rang Darren and said, hey, I'm going to target him for the Aurys. I said, it's four, four weeks away. He had a week off. I said, he's got fat. I said, he's just, just going to clip him and target him for the Aurys stakes. I said, I reckon I can get him there on time. Then I started panicking, thinking that, uh, oh, you know, probably just one week out of, out of having him 100%. But um, he galloped brilliant uh, on Tuesday morning, and he tightened right up on Thursday, and I was gr- probably more confident on Friday. But to answer your question, he's had seven runs now, and the way he's going, he could have another seven. Mm. He's pulling up good. His muscle enzymes are great. His legs are good, tendons, joints, ankles. Everything about the horse is just, just, just perfect. And I think, as we spoke earlier, um, it's, it's, the, it's the atmosphere. It's, it's the, you know, the, his ability, like, he, he, he came home as soon as you seen the gates uh, at Tabilk. He started, I could hear him in the back of the uh, back of the truck squealing, squealing out to his mates, you know. He was just roaring and, and he was just happy to be here. And I think getting him out of that metropolitan area where, where he loves the race at Flemington, he loves Flemington in that sense, but um, he can go to Flemington race day, race there, just live at the farm. And I just think it's a, you know, uh, it's not taking any harm at all. Whereas previously, three runs in town, bang, paddock. Four runs in town, bang, paddock. He'd be under 500 kilos. I'd always struggle to put weight on him. Now I'm struggling to take the weight off him. He's a happy and healthy horse. He'll tell you when he doesn't want to race anymore or when he wants to break, but at the moment he's going great guns. Can I ask you one yeah, question? Well, well, well said and well spoken. He'll tell us, and that's, that's, what, that's, that's what a lot, lot of trainers do now. They just listen to their animals, you know? Can I ask you one question before you go? I, don't, I hate being thought of as stupid, but I'm going to declare myself stupid here. When I said the first question, where's to bilk? You said it's between Avonil and the Gamby. I don't know them either. <laughs> give, give, give me another lead, mate. Okay. Um, well, a better known it, town. It's not, it's, it's not far from Seymour. That'll do. I know it's where you are. Not far from Seymour, and and if you know Yulong uh, Stud Farm, we're only eight minutes from Yulong Stud Farm. Good idea, mate. You've 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 helped me out. Uh, congratulations yesterday. Another great win and, and continued success. No worries. Thank you, guys. Thank you, listeners. There he is, Sabasan. Great to talk to him. I've never spoken to him before, but uh, he's a great chap. He is. And you know what? Uh, another interview that shows you that as much as racing is about horses and betting and whatever, gee whiz, there's a lot of wonderful, colourful, interesting, fascinating people um, in racing, isn't there? Now, look, what do we make of shooting for gold? I'm not sure. On first glimpse, it was disappointing. Matt Hoisted told me this morning, he said, look, just pulled too hard early with no cover and a fairly slow place, just took away from his finish. Mm. You know, he feels like the run will bring him on. I guess if you backed him yesterday, you were probably disappointed. Uh, but given the way the race was run, there was excuses. But I think that's a legitimate uh, excuse. I think shooting for gold, that, how many were in that Orange Star race? Seven or eight. He'd be better in a 16 or 17 horse field, coiled away, smothered up, and then bang. Uh, conditions not to his liking yesterday. But he's a horse you sort of, we seem to make a fair few excuses for time in, time out. That's the, the downside. King of Sparta, I think they gave a similar report that he. He over-raced with serious suspect controlling. And just on that serious suspect controlling, that brings up two other points. A nice try by Ethan Brown. He, he got, he's getting down in his weight, going well. And uh, our good friend Peter Ellis, who, of course, is on Radio Tab many times, uh, he does some work on the tracks for, for, for Saab, and uh, he elected to find the, the right lane. And that's so important in these straight races, and serious suspect certainly did find the right lane because he was always in control. Let's go to the next race on the card. This was the Parade Lounge. In fact, no, we'll go to race... Uh, race. We'll go to the race that horrifying one. That was race uh, seven.
They're well in the straight, horrifying the front runner from through Irish Eyes. They've had the race to themselves and they're going to fight it out at the 200 metre pole. Saracen Knight over two lengths away, horrifying in front. Through Irish Eyes is rallying on the fence, horrifying in front. Through Irish Eyes is putting in a big show. Through Irish Eyes and horrifying, horrifying just in front. They drive to the line and the favourite of those. Horrifying a nose through Irish eyes in an epic battle between Williams and Brown on the straight. Third prize goes to Saracen Knight. Well, they outsprinted T Waters. He got going with high emotion to be in Fado's fourth from Port Guillaume. A long way back in the run was Memphis WT Calm, sir, and what was merely a dash for the cash. Yes, over the 2,500 metres, it was a sprint home, but horrifying bobbing to be through Irish eyes. So Ethan Brown couldn't quite get there. He was on through Irish eyes. Craig Williams riding horrifying. And uh, trained by Mark and Levi Kavanagh. Uh, again, one of those horses working through its grades well. It clearly loves Flemington. Last uh, three starts at Flemington, third, first, first. So uh, that was another rare win for punters. I think started $2.50 and there was a fair bit of money for it. Let's go to that sixth race on the card. Lyrical Lad, a very consistent galloper, was a well-baked favourite, $3.70. Homeward bound, he's our Bonneval moved up on the outside of Dirty Deeds. Look to have him covered. A length away here to shock under the pump. Borna King getting up on the fence, running on. Then Lyrical Lad, he's our Bonneval's moved up and hit the lead. Borna King the fence and Lyrical Lad. Lyrical Lad and Borna King the far side. Lyrical Lad hits the front. Borna King tries to go with him. He's our Bonneval battling away, but Lyrical Lad, he got off the fence at the right time, perfectly judged, and he comes away, and he's a real beauty in form at the moment. Lyrical Lad from Borna King, Cash and Checks and Somerset Morn. He's our Bonneval Dirty Deeds. Here the shock was plain. Well back, Big Brew, Brilliant Venture, then Counter Monte Cristo and Designer Chef last in. Terry's spot on with Lyrical Lad. Uh, he is a, a beauty. Six wins from 17, placed on five other occasions. A horse in form. Not going to get any easier as the weeks go by, but going well. No, that was only a benchmark 84, but you suspect, um, as you say, it won't get any easier, but you suspect it'd be up to potentially bigger things than that in future. One very, very well. One other horse worth mentioning out of Flemington yesterday was the first race winner. Mark Hunter labelled him as the best bet of the day. He was $2 something then when, when he tipped him. He ran odds on. That was Berkeley Square. Craig Williams riding for Dan O'Sullivan. He's uh, only a lightly race three-year-old, but he looked good there yesterday. You know... Um, I'll be at the Echo over the next week calling the trots. You know how they have in Sideshow Alley in the old days, you used to have like the, the man with an elephant's head and the, the woman mm. with a, you know, antlers or something like that. I've found a person with three hands. Wow. Sitting right in the studio, Tony Clements. He's producing, he's panelling, and he's coordinating. And at this stage, hasn't put a foot wrong. That's outstanding. And, and Still 25 minutes to go, of course. And, uh, you know, traditionally you're not, the sort of you know, fairest, softest judge in the world. So for you to give someone a wrap, oh, it's, um, hard. yeah, wow, we. He'll press a button now, and an ad will come up, and we'll be back soon. It's great to be part of a winning team, and that's exactly what Archer Park Racing is. Recent winners include the Tony Gollum train Spiritualised. Well clear of Spiritualised, it's about four to five lengths in front and Spiritualised has bolted home. The Stuart Kendrick train Apple Tart. Apple Tart, kiss goodbye. Apple Tart just split the lead near the line from kiss goodbye. Apple Tart, Apple Tart's one from kiss goodbye. And the Toby and Trent Edmonds train Burlesy. Burlesy strides to the front now at the 100 metres from You Know What I'm Saying. And then yes, we're ready from Baltray, but it's Burlesy and Burlesy's going to get in. And you can join that winning team right now. Go to archerparkracing.com.au to see what you can purchase and hopefully be first past the post. Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level.
Each weekday morning from 8.30 Eastern, Radio Tab goes Racing Active to brief you on the day's racing action and help you zero in on the best punting options. Interviews with the major players, jockeys and trainers. Expert opinion and analysis on all three codes. Plus the latest betting markets powered by Tab. Racing Active, headed by Steve Hewlett. Weekdays from 8.30 Eastern on Radio Tab. This is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Yes, thanks for your company this morning on Pass the Post. Sunday, August 7, delightful day in Brisbane. There's going to be a big crowd rolling in. They're rolling in already to the, the Ecker on day two. But a doom yesterday. We had a nine-race card. Let's go to our first replay. This was the open sprint. 1,200 metres and Garibaldi, they tumbled in heavily. He ran the favourite. Tavisan heads for home in front from Grey Worm. Snowzone looking for a run near the rail. Then came Boomtown Lowe's Bandapur. Pushing into the clear, Sir Rocket. Garibaldi is still running on. He's starting to come now. Tavisan's in a duel with Grey Worm. Here's Garibaldi steaming home. Bandapur's there as well. And Snowzone getting right up on the rail. Garibaldi and Snowzone go to the line together. I'd say Snowzone has just beaten Garibaldi. It's a photo though. Third on a Tavisan, Grey Worm. Bandapur a beauty first up. Sir Rocket not too far away, then Boomtown last Desert Lord, well back was Legulate Haunted, and redoubled out towards the tail. Snow Zone given a perfect ride by Ben Thompson box seating, and then hugging the rails for a head victory over Garibaldi so punters went down with Garibaldi but Snow Zone was a solid second favourite. Ben Thompson was his rider, he's our next guest. Ben, good morning Good morning David uh, A lovely run in transit you would have been happy, you just needed a bit of room to move in the straight and the run came yeah, exactly. We we did it. Um, on paper, uh, obviously pre-race, it looked as though he was he was drawn to get the perfect run, uh, and being being a spot where um, it sort of it helped to be on the day. Most of the winners had been on the speed. His pattern was going to help him, and uh, dropping seven kilos to fifty-two and a half, he was always going to be in with a bold show. He was he was travelling really well, straightening up, and I elected to stay, stay to the inside of Grey Worm on the back of Tavisan and. Um, I was lucky that that, that rail, uh, the run on the rail opened up. Otherwise, yeah, it might have been a, a hard luck story. But he, uh, a well-deserved winner, and he, he loves doing them. Ben, congratulations. That was one of a treble yesterday for you. And you were telling me, um, actually, just before the last, uh, when you were on one of Chris Waller's one, is you'd, you'd never ridden four in a, uh, in a Metropolitan day before. So, um, you know, it was nearly a career best for you yesterday. Yeah, it was, Ben, nearly. Um, it was obviously great to... Great to have a good day on a, a big day on a Saturday, and um, and obviously it, it it makes um makes your job easy when you when you go to the races with a, a really nice book of rides like I had. So um, obviously yeah, just uh, receiving great support from a variety of trainers, and um, yeah, very appreciative of it. Interesting question for you. Um, yep. Last season you were thirty eight wins behind James Orman in the Premiership, which seems a fair way. However, you were out suspended for for various periods. Can you win the Metropolitan Premiership this year? Oh, I, I hope so. It, um, I guess, but obviously the um, the other fifty or so or more jockeys um, that I ride against, there they're looking to bear the same thing. So hopefully, I can if I can keep turning up with with quality books of rides like I did yesterday. Well, it's it's um, definitely possible, but um, oh, the, the main goal that I set is just to go out and, and ride consistently and, and give you know trainers and connections horses every chance. And um, hey, hopefully, if, if I was able to 
I said this time next year if we're talking about having won a premiership, it'll, it'll be a bonus. You mentioned with Snow Zone, and uh, you alluded to this, and I was going to bring this up. It was it was good to be near the lead, and I think near the fence as well, because several of the winners were were, were near the rail, and, and Snow Zone one of them. Kavak was one of your winners, and it was good to see him get back into winning form in the city. Uh, he's always shown he always showed above average ability when Chris Munns had him, but. Uh, we hadn't seen him win in the city for a long time, but he, he was good yesterday. He was quite dominant. He was. Uh, he he's such a happy horse, and he's really right at home when he. I think when he can find the front. Uh, yeah, he's he's won before. He won at the Sunny Coast as a, I think he was a three-year-old then, and that was sitting just behind the speed. But I, I mean, most of his other, or nearly all of his other wins have come from of being sitting first or second. So that uh, he, he's really come come back well this prep too. He's. He's uh, obviously he went to Ryan Ryan Tyrrell and in good form, having raced well with Chris before moving moving camps and and he's held that. So it it um, <clears throat> albeit we we drew low, I wasn't sure whether I'd have the pace to get a, get across uh, Gerald Ryan's horse, and mm. thankfully he did. And he's um, as you know, David, you see some horses when you have to sort of use petrol early to find the rail, it can just sort of start them up, and it can be half a battle trying to get them to relax, but. Um, so he made my job easy. As soon as he found the rail, he, he pricked his ears. And um, the, the way the race went on, he, he didn't really give the opposition a chance. Desert Dreamer was uh, your other win. Um, it was a dollar fifty-five favourite in the race, Manhood. What were your levels of, of confidence going in that you could knock off the favourite? I was very, very hopeful. Um, obviously, Manhood, he's, he's been winning super. He'd won three from four before yesterday. And uh, regardless of a, of a step up to Saturday grade, he ticked all the boxes to look like he could go on with it yesterday. Um, I was worried about him at the weights. I thought my guy, uh, he had good form. And it's funny because he showed like he's measured up here over 1,200 metres, whereas in Victoria, he'd run between 1,200 and a mile. So he's a he's a funny horse, but he's, he's got a big motor. He trialled, had a soft trial on Tuesday at Doombin, and his work even leading into that was super. So I, I, I was confident he'd go there and run well, but... Um, to be honest, like pre-race, I was thinking even if we were able to finish second or third, he'd be I'm sure he's in for a good prep. But when um, when he needed to knuckle down, he did, and even like we were in a line of three with uh, obviously Manhood and Edit, and uh, both quality horses, and and he dug deep. So I think only you know shows in for a good prep, and and um, definitely that horse, the last hundred metres of his race was his best. I know you've got commitments to the Sunshine Coast today, so we won't hold you up. But just before you go, two beaten rides yesterday. I want to talk about and just get your opinion. Uh, Hang Five's running the first. Yeah, he's um, obviously he was an honest run, like to be beaten, finished within two lengths of Spiritualize is good. Though he's still, I just wasn't happy with how he travelled, um, sort of in the, the early and middle stages, or more the middle stages. He just never found a, a real comfortable groove, I thought. Like Spiritualize, it when it can obviously it controls control controls things up front and, and can tend to have horses off the bit early. But and my guy was niggled along sort of from the seven hundred when he won his maiden. But he raced in like very similar ground to his first start when he finished second behind Prince Salah and I I just did think he'd respond a bit better to me sort of when I needed him to from the five six hundred. Um I was under pressure early, and he he stuck on, and he is a horse that's going to be better over further. But um, yeah, I, I thought that he might have just picked up a bit quicker. And Giannis? Giannis, very, very good run. He um, he jumped away on turns, which was good. He sort of had a habit of being out the back because he hasn't jumped that well. He um, 
I was sort of I didn't have any other options rather than to settle back where we did, and I elected to stay the stay the rail once um, the horse I was following, Aussie Nugget, looked to come off. I thought I don't think I can win the race or, or get close to him trying to circle, but he finished. I think he's beaten 1.7 in the end, carrying 60 and. Against that lot over thirteen fifty, he's in for a, in for a bloody good prep, I'm sure. Last one for you, Ben. The highlight of my day yesterday, and I suspect the highlight of a lot of uh, people, potentially jockeys as well. Leah Kilner um, making her first trip back to the races since that uh, shocking fall. We got a lovely picture of a group of jockeys with Leah, including yourself. That was just a really uplifting moment, and you know her well. She lived with you and, and Stephanie for quite some time. Yeah, absolutely. It um. To think, oh, not even yesterday, not even five five weeks from the from the accident, um, being in a coma to to then being back, you know, in in her office yesterday, you could say is unbelievable. Really, she's a she's a tough cookie, and and um, what better day too on on Jockey Celebration mm. Day? So she's she I only seen her I only seen her a couple of times during the day, but she's she's still got a, a bubbly cheeky personality and. Um, no, she. You told if she's if she's this way after five weeks, who knows, who knows how she'll be in another five and and five months. She's um she's flying. Yeah, I've been trying to think of the right word about this Leah Kilner story. You brought up the point like it's five weeks. What could have been that that day we saw that fall and we, we realised what potentially could have happened to where she is now in five weeks. I think the word I've just thought about is miraculous. I think it's it's a miracle almost what what's happened with this young girl, uh, that uh, what she could have gone through, but, but what's happened, it, it is a miracle in one way. Look, uh, Ben, from one Ben to another, my partner, he, he did his money yesterday, Ben Dorries, Ben Thompson. Can you tip him a winner at the Sunshine Coast today? What's your best? <laughs> Josh, can't tip, can well, they, can they? They're going to tip to me. Oh, okay. Come on, mate. What's your best? Uh, my best, I think my best is in race one, a horse called Ping for Stuart Kendrick. Yep. Uh, first up off a break, he trialled good 12 days ago. And obviously, um, Stuart, Stu's horses are, are going super and um, in his backyard. So it's a, put it, it is a competitive race. The missionary won good uh, two starts ago. Oh, sorry, last start. And so did Diana's affair running down Big Sky Country. But um, small field, but I think in his backyard from a soft draw, he, he shouldn't be far off them. If you arrive at the Sunshine Coast and you're pinged 500 for tipping on air, tell those stewards that I'll pay the bill for you. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Thanks, guys. Thanks, David. Thanks, Ben. See you, mate. Ben Thompson joining us this morning. Good riding day yesterday. Great young bloke to talk to and uh, very knowledgeable and, and a very good rider. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, it wouldn't be the shock of the century if he was at least highly competitive. Oh, for sure. Pro. I mean, he's leading it at the moment. I know it's only in the first week, but he was suspended for a significant amount of time and, and took a holiday. So, look... With the support he gets, I mean, you, you, he'll be there or thereabouts. That's like the that's like the trainer of Port Macquarie on Monday said, good knock about like I can't remember his name. And they said, oh, that's a good win. He said, yeah. He said, the one other good thing is too, he said, I'm leading Chris Weller in the premiership at the moment. Yes, <laughs> that was very, very good. It was on Sky Racing and uh, I think I gave it a retweet. It was one, very funny. One thing about Ben Thompson as well, he gets uh, a support from a wide base. He's not restricted to just a few stables and that will also hold him in good stead. Let's hear a few of the other highlights or replays from yesterday. Couldn't refuse well into a preparation. I thought he was struggling. He won that race at the Sunshine Coast and he bobbed up again yesterday at good odds.
They sweep for home. 300 left to Rana. And Fort Wayne seriously challenged by Bol Pedro. Get the idea. Comes with the pair. Couldn't refuse next. Then Ocean Treaty under a bit of pressure. Then Milkman and count the coin. Maloney goes for home on Get the Idea. 100 left to Rana. Couldn't refuse. Darting up to the inside. And a real danger. A winning danger. Couldn't refuse. Went straight by Get the Idea. And went on to win. Ocean Treaty third. Photo fourth. Bol Pedro will count the coin. Then Fort Wayne don't stop Don and Kim. And Milkman whipped them in and won. 137.83. Yes, couldn't refuse. Desley Force to the trainer. Jim Byrne has a very good association with his horse, and uh, they were able to get the money, beating the uh, the well back run and get the idea who had its chance. Let's move to the first race of the day. We mentioned before Manhood got bowled over at uh, Tomato Sauce odds. Not the case here with Spiritualized. Uh, heavily backed at the short odds, and backers were never in any doubt at all. But the long odds on favourite is going great guns. The spirit of Boom Calder, spiritualised, slipped them at the bend and moved away from Demon Deliverer. Uh, Alert States run its race, hang five, maybe a place, and then Mashani Persuasion. But spiritualised with 100 metres left to go in front, nicely clear. Demon Deliverer currently holding second, but in the Archer Park Racing Colours, it's an easy one. He's a smart colt. Spiritualised, ease down, beat Demon Deliverer, hang five. Did its best work late, then Alert State, or Mashani Persuasion, in fact, fourth, and Alert State last in 110.84. Initially, I, I thought this horse was eased out. I watched the replay and I thought he could have been more impressive. The only thing is, uh, and I'm a big one on times, I know you're not, but I am, he did run faster time than the, the flying did, the Stowe Zone one. So 110.87, I think they ran 111.15. So. Uh, you wrote about this horse during the week and spoke to Tony Gollan about him. He's got a good opinion of him. Yeah, he does. Um, he said, it's actually surprised me. He said, look, I mean, he's not at Natuno's level. Natuno's obviously his gun, three-year-old colt. He said he's actually not that far off. Was talking yesterday definitely about trying to give him, as long as he pulled up well, a, a one-hit sort of, you know, run in the south. I think I initially said Melbourne. Tony may also consider Sydney, I, I gather. So, look, it'll be interesting to see... How we go. Jeez, it was interesting your call there, David. Archer Park colours. Archer Park, the sponsors of this show got a plug. That's unusual. Did I tell a lie? <laughs> no, you didn't. Did but, I tell a lie? But look, um, you know, it was a good day for Tony Gollum, wasn't it? Three wins. Yep. Could have been better. Um, you know, he had a couple of other, uh, you know, he had a favourite Mr. Start there, Proper Rogue. Um, Garibaldi just beat Yeah, Garibaldi. A nightmare in a charge time in the last. So he could have ended up, to be honest, with four or five wins. But uh, I'm sure he'll take the trouble. Let's have a listen to the last race, a race that I know you want to listen to. And there was a sensation at the start. Uh, Muron uh, dump jockey Luke Tarrant. It roared around the field, the riderless horse. But the one in front was the one that won, Enterprise Mia. Enterprise Me is scooting along in front. Leads from foreign territory, shoved along. Bold Warrior and Moon and Me were wider. Then Rabamos also under a bit of pressure. Followed by Capri of Tuffy. Love sensation. He's trying to angle into the clear on Night Mariner. And then came Swanson, but still Enterprise Me are bobbing in the lead and had a fairly handy break as well. From Capri of Tuffy, foreign territory, Magnus Bellagio, Rabamos and Night Mariner. Enterprise Me are they going? Great guns are there. No hope of catching it. It leads all of the way. Enterprise Me a little away, beat Nightmare in a best work late, Rabamos, and uh, fourth over the line, Love Sensation, uh, rather Magnus Bellagio, then Love Sensation, Capri of Tuffy, followed by Foreign Territory, Swanston, Collet Spirit, Bull Warrior, Moon and Me, Why We Drink, and El Buena pulling up a long and weary last with Muron dislodging the jockey soon after the jump. Wasn't hard to get the quaddy yesterday, paid just over $7,000. No, it was a lovely 
quality. It wasn't without a prize for me at winning the last. It was a weird old race this last. I think when the the riderless horse sort of took off, I think there was quite a few jockeys that sort of sat back and didn't quite really know what to do. And they get spooked, you reckon? Yeah, well, I don't know. It was a it was a funny old one. Um, I had a funny chat with Matt Rudolph actually from the BRC. I, I went and had a look at these horses in the mounting yard, and he said, "This Murian, he said it's two hundred to one, but he said I'm going to put it in my uh, put it in my first four. And crossing the line, Murian actually crossed the line first, even without the jockey. He said, "I've got the first four. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, terrific win from Enterprise. I mean, it did go along quick, but it was just never troubled. It was Matt's attempted humour for the yeah, day. Yeah, no, I thought it was actually very good. All right. An F, I'd say. <laughs> this enterprise Mia, look, um, uh, congratulations to uh, to Dr. Pirtle, who who races this horse, and, and Steve O'Day and Matt Hoisted, three in a row now, was very dominant when it won at Doom in the midweek. It looked a good thing that day, won like a good thing. Went to the poly track of the Sunshine Coast about a month ago, in fact, maybe nearly five weeks ago, uh, <laughs> it was just a win, and I think maybe that when we were thinking that, that she might keep going up the ladder, we were a bit sort of stalled by that... Well, not impressive performance, but she was good yesterday. She went out strongly, had a good lead, and they never looked like catching her, as we said on the call. So Enterprise Mia, three in a row. Okay, let's go to Townsville. Big day there yesterday. Saw the, the pictures on Sky Channel. Huge crowd there for the Cup and also the, the Cleveland Bank. Let's have a listen to the Townsville Cup. Down to the turn, Namazuza clear leader, 400 to go, he's two lengths in front, second Macaro getting off the inside, Jukon's down the outside, they were followed by Bullion Wolf, it's Namazu, 250 to go, he's three lengths to Macaro, Jukon trying hard, sales coming down the outside late, followed by Planet Warrior and Quality Asset, Namazu's the leader with 100 to go, he's tired, Planet Warrior's flying on the outside with sale, they come to the line with Quality Asset, but Namazu, Namazu gets the money, Namazu Who's won it from a photo between Quality Asset and Deep Route Sale. He just got too far back from the gate. Then came just behind those was Planet Warrior Rule the World. Then a gap in the field to Rather Salubrious, followed by South Pacific Echo Point. Then came Bullion Wolf, followed by the tax account. Macaro didn't stick it out. And a long way back was Play Me Now, followed by Chapeau Southern Swing, Dallin and Jukon, one of the last to pull up. Ricky Vale trains Namazu and, uh, of course, based in Rockhampton. I imagine he'll plot the path now to the Cairns Cup in a fortnight, then the Cairns Amateurs Cup in about a, a month's time. And Alex Pattis, a well-judged ride, no hesitation in taking Namazu to the front, stacked them up and sprinted them home. Yeah, it was the ride that really won the race, uh, wasn't it? She was terrific, Alex Pattis. And I've got to say, those listeners who are on... Uh, Instagram, go and have a look at Greg Irvine's Instagram feed. There is a beautiful picture of Alex Pattis getting a big cuddle and a kiss from Bubba Tilly, her um, partner after the race. So that would have been one of the highlights of, if not the highlight, of Alex Pattis's career so far, promising young apprentice. For sure. And certain Namaz, of course, originally started with uh, Godolphin. And now, of course, uh, Ricky's got the horse going extra well. That was the feature staying race. Of course, the feature sprint is the time on a Cleveland Bay. It was the last race of the day. As always, a big field. Dr. Zeus went straight past Marway, straightening up and shot clear. Two lengths in front. On the outside, Ren's Day's running on. Then Montenegro man, Master Jamie struggling. As they get to the 100 marker, it's Dr. Zeus two in front. Ren's Day's the danger. It's Dr. Zeus in front. Ren's Day's trying to pick him up. They come to the line. They hit it. 
Wednesday. I think Wednesday's just one from Dr. Zeus, but it's tight. Third, I'm not sure. Plenty, plenty Diodoro rattling down the outside with full recognition. Master Jamie just behind them with Brad. And they were followed next home by Montenegro Man Arwanichi. In that bunch was Lovers Blind, Moody Bay, Palencia. Mawe carved up from Cracker SG, Cabello Oscuro and Pull Anchor. And it's tight, I think, Ren's Day. Yeah, and Tony Wade was right. Ren's Day, Ryan Wiggins riding. I must admit, I hadn't paid a lot of attention to the, the Townsville meeting yesterday. And I was watching the race at Doombin. I saw those colours. I said, they're Mumford's colours. I realised Lindsay Goff trains a horse. What a win. Lindsay, good morning. Yeah, morning, Dave. How are you? Good, mate. Were you there yesterday at the races? Yes, David. Tell us how you came to get Wednesday, because Cody Morgan had the horse before you took him over. Yeah, Cody had him. Uh, Mr Mumford just uh, rang out the blue and said that he'd, uh, he'd, bought, he'd bought him online and uh, he basically wanted to go north with him, yeah. So we've um, been waiting for Mr Mumford to get another horse, which uh, he somehow found a nine-year-old for me, but that was uh, <laughs> in his wisdom. But uh, he's... he's uh, He's done the job again, yeah. He certainly has. On watching the race live, did you think you got it? I was watching on Sky Racing, obviously, I was, um, you know, at Doomin yesterday, and it seemed like you got it, but the photo was it's certainly on Sky Racing. It seemed to take an eternity. Was it that way on track too? Yeah, look, I was back a little bit, Ben, so I, I wasn't so sure, but um, I, I just sort of listened to Tony Wade from there, and uh, he was confident he got it, so that, you know, my confidence grew, I guess. You mentioned he's a nine-year-old. Of course, you had right or wrong with uh, with Bill, and uh, he has he had and has his share of problems. What about this horse, uh, physically wise? Is he a sound horse? Look, yeah, he's sound, David. But you'll see as a horse that he's his age, he's uh, quite lightly raced. He's, mm. uh, his feet ain't the best. He's had a myriad of feet problems, reportedly to us. But um, touch wood, so far, his his feet ain't brilliant. They're a little bit oddly shaped. Whatever, but um, look, we've had no drama so far. Touchwood. Do you keep heading up? Do you, do you head up to Cairns for the next month or so with this horse? Yeah, I think so. We're just sort of nutting out a few things this morning. Logistically, you know, it gets a little bit hard to, to be so far away when you only got a small stable like ours, David. But uh, yeah, look, that's that's the hope if we can pull it all together. Yes. Good on you, mate. Great result yesterday. Glad to see you win. Yeah, thanks, David. Cheers, mate. Lindsay Goff joining us this morning. Trainer Renz, a good trainer. Uh, Good trainer with a good strike rate. Doesn't train a big team, but uh, and that man Bill Mumford, by gee, he can find a horse, and he's done it again. He's the man with the Midas touch, and uh, Ren's day getting the money. Interestingly, Namazu started his career with Godolphin, so did Ren's day. Yeah, well, actually, I... Ren's day started overseas, came to Cummings, and then uh, went to Cody Morgan, and now with with um, with Lindsay. Yeah, I think um, he's got an interesting backstory, Ren's. I think he might have been bought initially for those country championships, but mm. they changed the. They changed the rules. Was he with Godolphin? I thought it was Australian Bloodstock, wasn't it? Well, you might be right. I think it was Australian Bloodstock. But, yeah, I think he was initially bought here for those. They, they were looking at those country championships races, but then they changed the qualifying conditions and uh, he couldn't run in them, unless I'm thinking of a different horse. But I think he was with Australian right. Bloodstock with Cody Morgan had him. Right. And Godolphin had him before that. Hang on. No, no, no. It's too late. Time's up. <laughs> I've got to go to the Eka. Thanks for your time this morning. Yep, uh, thank you. And again, I thought the highlight of yesterday was seeing Leah Kilner at the races and all the very best to her in her continued recovery and her lovely friends and family were there yesterday. Uh, there was a twinkle in their eye and, um, you know, uh, in total admiration of that family and what they've done and what they've been through in the last month.
We'll talk to you on Press Room tomorrow. And, folks, hope to have your company on Press Room tomorrow. We're back after, I think, nearly a, what, me, nearly a month's break. Tony's been in the chair. But we're back tomorrow with all our regular panellists and uh, talking about the news over the last week and what's ahead of us. Enjoy your day, whatever you're doing. Hope you have a great day. Bye-bye.